0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.
1: This uh, social media feed that uh, is full of uh, entrepreneurial ideas and things that people are up to. And every now and again, I'd see one and I thought, how come? I never thought of that. I'm sure we've all been in that space. How come I never thought of that? I often wonder, are we running out of entrepreneurial ideas? Are they really going to be fresh new ideas regularly and you'd be surprised of how many things pop up and uh, i love it when alma and i get to talk about entrepreneurs because in the space of waste and the environment there's always something if it's bricks made out of plastic bottles and we've spoken about car tires that are recycled into making tar uh, here's another opportunity to connect about problem solving and this in the area of waste On the line is the Executive Director of The Green Times. It's Elma Pollard. She's uh, visiting us with us via Zoom for the first time. Morning, Elma. Good morning, Brad. I hope you can hear me. You are wonderfully crystal clear. Are you well today?
2: Uh, Super. That's wonderful. And so exciting to speak about social impact business, which is, you know, I think the only business that should go forward. You know, the country speaks so much about economic growth, Hmm. And, you know, growth and environment are often in conflict with each other. And the only field of growth that should really go ahead is anything
1: that sorts out problems. And that's what's called the social impact business. With? waste. We're all making waste of some kind. We're all chopping up our veggies. We're all, and I was chatting a bit earlier on, sitting with batteries we took out of torches and bulbs that we've replaced. And we wonder, what are the best things to do with all of these things? If people can step into the entrepreneurial space, solve our problems and solve the landfill problems and make the situation that seems like a downward slope, a slippery downward slope. If someone can turn this around, I'm all for what's uh, what they're up to. Chat more to us about what uh, what Lunstar is all about, Alma.
2: Yeah, so every piece of waste is in time going to become a good business mm. because those are free resources. We can no longer dump them. The, the landfill sites are full. It's polluting the environment and the air and everything else. So, it's actually opportunities. Every piece of waste is an opportunity. And this guy, Luanda Madikik Zela, he is from Rosebank. He has a business, Rosebank Joburg. I chatted to him yesterday. And he has uh, organized his own business where they collect food waste. And, you know, we so often speak about food waste and that the third of South African food is wasted. Uh, which is 10 million tons a year, in spite of 13 million people being hungry, going to to sleep hungry at night. So it's all just very weird um, stats that we have here. So he collects um, food waste from people's houses and from businesses, restaurants, uh, hotels, and so on. And then they turn that into compost. And compost then then becomes fertilizer for the soil and helps helps hmm. food to grow again. So it's a nice um, cyclical model as opposed to the linear models that are outdated and that are, the bulk of South African uh, waste management is, is outdated and, and still in a linear model. So this is part of the turning around of things into cyclical models where things remain in circulation and there is no such thing as waste. It's called a resource. Hmm. It's no longer called waste. He um, also collects um, the, the fastest growing waste stream, which is e-waste.
1: So, Elmer, how is money being made here? Because entrepreneurship is about problem solving, but it's also about uh, uh, change and it's about m- income. So, well, is this coming around to we're collecting all of your waste and we're making compost and we're selling the compost? Is that sort of the business model?
2: Yes, he would be selling the compost. I don't know whether it sells back to the people he collects from. But, I mean, this has been happening for a long time in overseas mm. country. I remember years ago watching a video on the Japanese waste uh, on organic waste collectors in little white buses hmm. with little white drums And the guys wear, like, white hazmat has suits. It's <laughs> amazing. Everything is so, so, so sterile, you know, so that the whole connotation that some people have with organic waste is that it's kind of a messy, smelly business. That's only the case if you go and chuck it with your general waste, which is just insane. It's never made any sense to me. If it is kept separate in the right way and it goes into your compost bin, uh, there's no smell as Mm. long as you do your composting correctly. And so this, this takes this task away from people who are, Um, iffy about making um, compost they collect it they do it professionally and they obviously sell what they make out of that and they also collect e-waste so this is the fastest growing waste stream like tvs laptops cell phones it's amazing that people just chuck this stuff into their rubbish bins And this then gets outsourced to a company that takes everything apart because in this e-waste there's often lots of parts that Mm. are still usable or that they upcycle into other things. So, And then what cannot be reused or upcycled then is done away with in the correct way, which is not going to a a dump because that's not the right way to do it. So I think he's sticking two very important boxes. Of of service that we all need. Mm. And he he is also employing um, people from disadvantaged areas and innovating, solving um, unemployment. Um, I just think he's got a very good thinking cap on him.
1: Yeah, clearly. And you said it there as well, employing people. And in the story, it speaks about young people from disadvantaged backgrounds that working together. And so you're upskilling people and creating platforms for them not only to use their skills and to learn more, but to be able to go out and maybe even replicate this in other areas. Because you know, there's only so much reach this one group will have and to just continue to snowball. And that's what you want to see, job creation and skills development.
2: Exactly. Everything that I share is with the intention that people will get ideas of things to do themselves. Mm. Yes, support this guy if you happen to be in Rosemary, but not really within our our um, broadcast area. Correct. But here's an idea. If you live in wherever, Hrabow, um There's this opportunity and and you don't need terribly much and you can get support. I mean, there's lots of support for for green entrepreneurship in the country now. You just need to follow the right routes Um, and you can make a business out of other people's waste.
1: Mm, And everybody's creating waste. Uh, That's a great story on The Green Times. Uh, It's called South African Entrepreneur Solves Longstanding Waste Challenges. Elmer just on this e-waste thing, um, I was mentioning earlier, I'm sitting with a bunch of batteries. I replaced the torch battery for my son, and I'm sitting with these batteries. And you know, don't throw this in the garbage, but also don't put it yeah. in recycling. So can you help us? For those of us who are sitting with all of these things, light bulbs that we've replaced, what do we actually do with these things practically?
2: Yeah, I also pile them up in, in the kitchen cupboard. Yeah, And then uh, when there's too, too many of them, then I would go down. Usually they used to have bins for them at pick and pay. Yes. I hope they still do. And they send them to the right
1: places. Okay. So, keep- so
2: I just have a separate, uh, two separate bins in my cupboard for, for batteries and one for, for light bulbs. And they then get taken to the right place.
1: Yeah, that's a wise thing to do. And that also takes a little bit of effort, you know. We want to, man weg. And that's not really the right way because there's no a way, as Alma Pollard always tells us, right, Alma? So we've got to make some con- conscious and some different choices.
2: Yeah, and then one also thinks about that when you buy something, as in can I recycle this? What is going to happen to this at the end of its life? So mm. I try to avoid pat- batteries as much as possible. If I can rather buy a device that I can plug in charge from the wall, yeah. then already there isn't that problem. So that's, that's helpful, or even better, if it could be solar charged, that's, that would be the top of my list. So one must always think what's going to happen to this in the end of it.
1: That's the voice of Elma Pollard, executive director of The Green Times. Thanks for another great story, also powerful photography. And while you're there, why don't you find out how you can also follow her on social media. Uh, Elmerie?
0: Mm, I think um, we also us with here. And now I think yesterday I power naps or not dat was niet twee wat gesê, dat hulle het nie. Die ander is die yes. <laughs> toe te gewonder is jy nie, een van die twee nie. Maar, um, die, is die manniekie wat ek ook um, gebruik het, is uh, ook je wat so ingeplak is in die meer, dan recharge hy obviously. En, yeah. en uh, weet u, denk ek net weer, ook nou wat julle praat, van, Hoe ons hoe ons self nou, ons geestelik ook herlaai. Um, ek het sommer nou daarin gedink, toe sê ek praat van wat sy met die batterij aan doen, maar laat ons ons gereeld inplag op die rechte maniere. Maar ja, dankie vir die gesprek, ek denk die wat saamluister ook, jy weet mens, mens is nie opgevoed nie, of het iemand in die huishouding gehad, die groot geworden het, wat in my geval, deftief ons, my pa was, wat die dinge hanteer het, en dan kom jy later jare en jy, toestel wat breek en wat hmm. jy nie dat jy nie weet, dit is hoe dit werk nie of jy weet nie wie sy mense na wie dit moet vat nie so, maar weet jy, dit is so makkelijk betekent soos ons het ons vriend Google, en ek sien daar bijvoorbeeld die platform ook KPI waste, wat in die kaap specifiek nou focus oor wat kan jy doen of nie, ja so, dit is so belangrik
1: uh, a number of years ago, about 10 years ago, um, I was working at a, a radio station that was broadcasting into Central and West Africa. So that was sort of the, the key focus of the journalism. And uh, we followed a story of, um, uh, in the UK, mm-hmm. they collect all of the e waste mostly old computers, printers. Um, in those days, there were still more, you know, those boxes and the big monitors. Before the LED monitors or the LCD screens came in, you had these big, bulky, remember those old block monitors? Yeah. <laughs> They would collect those on a ship, and mm. they would leave the UK. They would collect them out of parts of Western Europe, and they would fill the ship with e-waste. Mm. And then they would just uh, sail the ship down to the Nigerian coast, and they would just dump it. So you would have these piles, landfill mountains mm? of e-waste. Sure. And for Europe to say, we'll take it to Africa. They can must sort it out. We don't want it. So they get rid of it. It's off our shores. and what? they.
0: What was the rationale after that? The
1: idea was that people can must sort it out. They can find stuff Yo. that they can reuse and make something out of it. It's, mm. it's kind of like it, it felt at that time this real patronizing attitude. Sure. Uh, and uh, Elmer says there's no such thing as a way. So if you take it even, you know, stick it out mm. of your front door or throw it in the bin and put the bin on the corner and know the truck will come past and you're like, oh out of my life mm. but it's now moved on to somewhere else where it's not a way and it Absolutely. creates a problem that needs to be solved yeah. um, and that creates its own set of problems so we've got to find out a way of doing it better instead of just saying well it's out of my house it doesn't matter
0: This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 AM Please visit kpulpit.co.za